16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, listen! This is the first time in in the the history of this podcast where I realized there was no way to prepare at the level I wanted to prepare. Like for whatever reason this year like because we moved over, mm-hmm. I feel like I wanted to play like every major release this year and I realized, oh yeah, nobody can do that. There's nobody at any site anywhere that can do that. Point of order, we're 4 years old, we have no history. That's a little grandiose. <laughs> Right, right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but nonetheless, didn't you feel the strain of like trying to get at least a sample of all these huge games this year? I finished one of the games that made my list last like eight hours ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so, it. Yes. So, so, so you were definitely cramming. Cramming till the buzzer. Yes. Our lives yeah. are very hard. You should never uh, dream <laughs> of being in the video games analysis industry growing up. It's too much of That's a burden. Right. Be an oncologist or some shit like that. Something easy. <laughs> Something easy. Mm-hmm. Cure cancer. Don't tough. be a video game guy. We do it for yeah, you. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but for real, I uh, like I felt like an obligation, and I realized like, oh, so there's gonna be. I'm gonna have to admit, like, there this these are games obligation. I just didn't play. <laughs> um. Oh well. Yeah. Right? We we always do shout outs. Yeah. 
This is One Upsmanship. I'm Michael Swaim. He's Adam Ganser. We always do um, right. honorable mentions, but as we discussed beforehand, I think we should also do, um, you know, what you just said. DNPs well, did not play us. I have a couple shout outs of like games that I expect will be very good that I didn't get to in time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. I agree. Most and some of them are Ragnarok. Uh, I didn't play. I know we covered it, but I just kind of like faked <laughs> my way through that one. I hope it came off all right. Yeah, I'm so glad you're. I saying thought that. the safe choice good, to be honest. was to shit on it hard. I thought that would be like the safer, <laughs> not having played it. Feels good to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Make a clean breast. Of it, yeah, yeah. Feel clean, Feels yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, the one that I really think uh, that I've been thinking about for like the last two months that I'm like I just don't know when I'm going to get to that is uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles game that came out this year dude uh if you are a real gamer and you yeah. think we're a fake gamer only for the specific reason that we never cover jrpgs you're not wrong <laughs> they're too long well, <laughs> they're always too long to get in within a month that's the issue that's the yeah. that's the tough part of it the rub. yeah we are gonna we are gonna cover more Huge jrpgs next year and I, we are gonna do that i have so i'm the type of guy that does not delete emails until that story thread is resolved in my life and I mean, no matter how long oh. you will hear back from me eventually. So I still have an email telling Marina Ryman, who's a lovely guest, that we'll have mm-hmm. her on when we cover Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, which we still have not hit. And that was like yeah, three years ago. That, that email's like, three, yeah. like aged like a fine cheese now. But I, <laughs> if you're hearing this, Marina, I still intend to do that when we do that. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's actually been, uh, been poking me about that forget. about twice a year. Yeah. Well, so it's a notable game, thing, but that's not what we're here yeah. to discuss. Let's continue. No, no, <laughs> that's okay. But just just to hype everybody up on that front, we will for sure be covering Chrono Trigger. This oh, year. we talked about that, and we're gonna. That's a game we're gonna cover this year. Uh, that's a not spicy the only Chrono. JRPG. Yeah, yeah. One of my at favorites. least that one. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I've never played it, so I'm excited to see how I feel about it. Uh, okay, here we are. It's game of the year time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, where we compare, I guess our top five we settled on. Uh, I hope so. Cause I'm not, pre- well, yeah. I'd be prepared to go to six. In fact, I'm going to mention my number six, like we did last okay. year. You know, Great. I'll be honest, Adam, and I'm at peace with this because I yeah. do think it's more of, you want our top five. Oh, it's so juicy and fun to compare and contrast the actual top five. But I still think it's fair and useful information for the audience to give, uh, you know, more information than that, like an overview of the highlights and lowlights of the year. Because um, I do think our, our game of the year episodes usually overperform. Hi, people who only listen to this. Statistically, there must be some of you. So I think <laughs> it's a nice time to look back at the year that was 2022. Agreed. I'll characterize Agreed. it first and out the gate. Sure. It was like a fine year. It was a mid year. <laughs> Overall for video games. Mid? That's my okay. rant. Yeah. Well, it, there were so many games that didn't come out this year mm-hmm. that would have sort of elevated the crop. You know, like uh, almost everything was delayed into the new half of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're starting to get to a point where, like, you don't really know what the year is going to be until, like, right. September, you know? Uh, but, of course, so still next... a lot of great games because there's just so many. Yeah. Just like if I had yeah, to yeah. characterize the year, not the best year ever of video game releases, no. for sure. No. Yeah. No, that's a that would be a, a big year if that ever happened. So get hyped, uh, but like, let's all calm down now. Also, <laughs> <laughs> get medium hyped, yeah. if you will. Uh, you want to start this time? I'm trying to figure out how this how the snake would work. Yeah. Okay. So we'll save. I mean, I forget how we did it last time because I could like 
ramble yeah, a stay. bit about my honorable mentions and shit. We can have that sure, discussion, that. then go to break and come yeah. back and start breaking down the top five. Oh, yeah. Okay, that? yeah. Honorable mentions. I Let's like get that. this stuff Let's out of the way. So I'm going to stop, just so we're like climbing the hill in that order. Um, mm-hmm. So first, even below honorable mentions, and not even below, because that's the whole point. So wild cards. I want to get out of the way. I only have two. Okay. In the category, 2022. Stuff I ran out of time to play, but I suspect might be very good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Plague Tale Requiem, I and I know you yep. share that as well. Yeah. Yep, yep. Played the yep. first one. I, it didn't make my goatee list, but I was like, this is good. I bet the second one will be even better. Kind of like Senua's Sacrifice. Really excited for Senua's Saga. Um, so I'm really excited for Plague Tale Requiem, and I've heard good things, but I didn't play it. I played the first one like a month before the new one came out for the first time, and I was like, that was good, but I need a break. So okay. I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, but I believe it is a good game. And then the other one, which I secretly suspect would be on my list because I am a big supporter of VR as well as just a huge fan of this game. And it's a sequel. And in gaming, I find, like in albums, the sophomore effort is very make or break. And when it's good, it's usually super. Like season two of shows also, especially comedies. Um, you know, there's a it's like not uncommon to find your feet in the second iteration and really knock it out of the park. Empire Strikes Back. So um, I, I need an Oculus 2, which I'm going to get for Christmas. Uh, oh, I already good know. for you. And the first thing I will load up is Moss Book 2 because I, I loved mm-hmm. Moss. And I think that might, might probably would have made my list, but I don't okay. own the hardware yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been hearing, by the way, that, uh, that Elite Dangerous is awesome on VR. I, like yeah, that, I fucked that's, around with that it interests a lot, me. Uh, like six yeah. months ago. Um, yeah. I still haven't found my perfect because we just covered No Man's Sky, which I fucked around in VR for like four hours and was like, eh, it just chugs too much and it's not smooth enough. I really okay. want my perfect Star Trek VR experience. Elite Dangerous is, uh, some people will think it that's the one, it's the perfect one. It's uh, too overwhelming for me and stats sheet. Okay. Like it's very okay. micromanagey and intense. But very technical. Very technical. But yeah. all the stuff I say I want is there. So you should try it for sure. I tinkered around for about 30 minutes with it on like when I just had a down day, like, I don't know, a year ago. Yeah. So, but I feel like in VR, it might be a fundamentally more interesting experience. Uh, yeah, that's just a, I'm going to try that next year probably. Sure. Um, I have a couple didn't really play. It's like I tried them, but didn't really play them. Mm-hmm. So they didn't make my list. Um, one of them is going to very much disappoint you and I'm sorry, but I, I only played about two hours of, uh, neon white, a mm-hmm. game that was unapologetically fun. It was very fun, but it just, it never, I, it, the timing didn't line up for me. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to play this, but I'm going to get back to it. And then I just really didn't. Uh, so I bet that game's awesome. Maybe it would have changed my game of the year list if I had stuck all the way through it. The story seems kind of dumb to me though. So I'm, I'm a little concerned. Um, the other one is, uh, cult of the lamb. And the reason I didn't play that is because everyone who I know who played it didn't like it. All of the hype was real about it everywhere else. So like, I was like, okay, it seems like mixed, mixed messaging. So I never got around to it. It didn't even make um, my honorable mentions. I do like okay. the art style. I do like the Me too. idea of combining a roguelite combat, basically a Hades alike with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a town builder, but yeah, <clears throat> I just didn't think in either case they were good enough. Like they're both okay, really cute, but not as, I mean, especially if you just played Hades, 
the combat just doesn't hold a candle to the tightness and crispness and how it actually feels like you get better at it and the enemies are difficult and you learn. It's yeah. it's just not good enough. I'm sorry, Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. No, it's okay. Um, now I have a couple honorable mentions that just didn't make the list, but I thought we're good if we're ready for that. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, my my the bottom tier here is uh, Marvel Snap. Uh, Marvel Snap is clearly a phenomenon, um, and also it's really fun. Like, so if you haven't played it, it's a mobile game. I'm pretty sure it's free. Isn't it free, or do you pay for it? I forget. It's free. I, think it's I free. forget if okay. you can pay to go faster, better. I, I okay. don't know if it's one of those, but you can play it yeah. free. I am grinding and it's, unlocking stuff. Yeah, it's a slightly, it's a slightly more complex Gwent. Maybe Ooh. not even more complex. I'm, it's I'll I'll it's a little up. different than Gwent. My only thought on it, and the only thing I'll say is. I find it underwhelming specifically because I'm huge. My favorite game right you now like for a year or two, no, is Smash Up, which is, oh, okay. a, I would say Snap is very closely, almost to a ripoff level. It's a simplified Smash Up. So if you've played Snap and you feel like you're ready for big boy Snap, please look into Smash Up. It's an incredible game. I'm obsessed okay. with it. That's fair. I, I mention it because mobile games like this aren't enough for me to get hooked into it. Mm -hmm. um, although, as you'll see, I do like simple games. Like, I'm okay with calling a simple game a great game. And I think this is, I'm not a Marvel guy, so it doesn't, that, that doesn't get me. And I think it would get me if, like, this game would be amazing if I loved Marvel. It's funny. I'm not a Marvel movie guy. I am drawings yeah. of Marvel characters on cards right. and comics guy. Oh, my God. I'm so into just seeing Spider-Man on my phone. Like, that still gets me. Okay. I'm like, ooh. So you probably uh, liked it better Craven than I the did. Hunter. I got that card. No, I'm just saying I like collect collecting Marvel cards. Yeah. Um, I still, when I play S Snap, I'm my overwhelming feeling, I, this is pointless to say because I just it is like a... Oh man, I wish I could show this these people smash up. I wish everyone could come to my house and mm. play smash up. It's just it's a it's a subpar version. Well, uh, all I can say is this person's never played smash up but did love the shit out of Gwent. Uh yeah. Gwent is I, good too. Gwent is awesome. Uh, it's a that's a mini game in The Witcher if you guys What do you think of the it. Horizon Forbidden West mini game where you put pieces on the board and I liked it. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. I so I'm going to talk a little bit spoilers. I'm going to talk a little bit about Horizon Forbidden West today. Mm -hmm. Uh and like the way that fits into that is probably like I didn't get to appreciate everything about the game because there was too many things. Uh, mm -hmm. So like I might like that better if I was like, OK, I'm going to clear out a month and really do this game like as, as hard as it wants. It's not the reason you play the game. But man, yeah. I remember all the way, the way back to FFX and uh, Blitzball. I got heavily into Blitzball and I'm like, yeah. this is its own whole game. Yeah, they had a bunch <laughs> yeah. of whole old whole games in there. Uh, That's cool. Completely. Yeah. I still like that. That touch. So yeah, I, so Marvel Snap belongs, uh, get, deserves to get mentioned honorably, and it has sure. been. Um, also, and this is my final yeah. honorable mention, uh, well, so also honorable mention because I'm not a troll, uh, God of War Ragnarok, obviously, because that was a no, good game. No, boo! No, no, I think it's, it's a good game. I don't think it's a bad shit game. Shit out of here. No, I think it's oh, a good I, game. I, I'm over it. <laughs> I, I don't hate See it. See previous episode. Yeah, I don't hate it. I think it's good. I don't think it's amazing. Adam, um, I'll tell you, my whole identity is now built around shitting on God of War <laughs> Good for you. It'll, hopefully it'll get your attention I at least. the contrarian. That's yeah. fine. Uh, the, the last game I wanted to mention was Stray, uh, the indie game okay. Stray, which I did enjoy, but I felt ultimately lacked depth and substance. 
Like, kind of disappointingly shallow. Yeah, it's a little shallow. But I thought it it was a great world to be in, and being a cat was as fun as I hoped it would be. Did um, make my honorable mentions because it basically comes down to yeah, cute cat. It's fun to be a cat. You got the how to control a cat pretty good. Okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care about the robot characters. Oh, they don't I like say the robot characters. Have enough going on. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That slipped just below. I considered it, but I actively want don't want stray to get attention i thought it was disappointing okay well you've succeeded in quashing my honorable <laughs> so mention so i'm like sir. no stray yeah. stray no stray bad let's hear yours um <clears throat> all right i'll go fast because i have more but there's I, my reasoning is very straightforward in, in a, all cases kirby in the forgotten land mm. nothing mind-blowing but i really like 3d platformers uh we just covered mario 64 and in that tradition it's like a solid not yeah. bad 3d platform it's a new one nintendo's usual care and attention to making the levels interesting and engaging. It was just fun to play through. Exact same thing I could say about Tiny Tina's Wonderland. See the whole episode. Um, Adam was surprised that I liked it more than he thought, which is totally fair. I am. And the only reason is because I played it all through with Abe, who's one of my best pals, ignoring the story and just being like, this is a fun toy, which is rare for me if you know the podcast. Um, I rarely let myself go to the toy aspect of it. But I did in this case because Abe was along for the ride and we just chatted about movies and shit the whole time. Um, so I was like, that was fun. And look, and I think it uh, was notably accomplished uh, this year. Um, so the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, specifically the Ultra Deluxe drop came out this year. Um, so it's kind of cheating because Stanley Parable is an older game. I just fell in love with it this year. And I wanted to squeeze it on because I will say I specifically thought the Ultra Deluxe editions are, if anything, even smarter and funnier and more. It's like uh, Gary Larson released a couple more Farside cartoons, and you're like, hey, he's still got it. I really liked the additions in Ultra Deluxe. If you're into what is a very specific thing that I understand, like when Adam went, yeah, I mean, whatever. Um, no, I'm like, I, I totally get that. Or, or I don't know if you soften on that, but the game, I hope we cover it someday, but it's just little meta clever diddles we will like, we like will that. cover it we will cover <laughs> but it's it. an acquired taste so, yeah so we should cover it because the thing mm -hmm. about that game that deserves to be mentioned is that it's a little it's much more about experience than like than most games like it's a ludo narrative on an artistic level like on a conceptual it's an interactive narrative. essay yeah. about game design yeah. and that it, it deserves in a john gage kind of way it deserves to be covered for that reason i would say mm. you know um, like that, and I don't yeah. mean to reduce it to being not fun, but it's yeah. an experiment, and I think that's interesting about it. He's speaking of not fun experiments. Yeah. Uh, Got to make making up some time in the air. Um, Adam, I hope you like this more than me. It's just genre wise, not my cup of tea, so I didn't mm. plug into it, and it made me realize something interesting about myself that I want to dig into okay. very quickly. Okay, the game is Pentiment. Ah, um, a game that. Adam, I think was or was like, I totally thought you would really like that, uh, and I, I thought I would too. It's uh, so just throw so people know, so they get little recommendation uh treats. Uh, in a nutshell, it's a murder mystery. I'd compare it to Name of the Rose, a not famous mm -hmm. novel by Umberto Eco. Yep. It's uh, basically a, a medieval murder mystery. But what's cool is it's like a point and click adventure, mostly dialogue driven and choice driven. Uh, but it's drawn like an illuminated medieval manuscript and it's very cool and beautiful. And, uh, the kind of thing I would really like on paper, get it. But, uh, I, uh, it made me realize 
as much as I love noir, all the trappings of noir. And I loved Wolf Among Us because it was noir with a message about class and politics and things and personal stakes. I don't like a whodunit. Uh, whodunits are sterile to me. I never care about someone fictional who was made up for the purposes of this is dead. Can you figure out which of these eight people did it? At the end of the day, I engage with story to feel something or learn something about life, not do a puzzle. I, I, it's not bad. I just don't attach to it. It doesn't mean anything to me. So about a third of the way through, I was like, I really don't care who killed this guy. And I just stopped. <laughs> but That's I thought it was cool. I thought like people should play this, though. It's neat. I'll say more about that a little later. Okay, uh, great. Yeah. Um, e- Evil West, I said my reasons on Ragnarok. I think people should play Evil West because the plot twists are better than they than I expected. Um, and even though it's a firmly a double-A bargain bin, like, knockoff, quote-unquote, of God of War's dynamics, uh, the combat adds guns, and I really, their combat loop, the combat loop in Evil West is really fun. And last but not least, I actually think it's more of an incredibly clever way to obviate the festival circuit and present a decent student film in a very cost-effective and captivating way, which is brilliant. But I would refer to the game Immortality as more of like a a very complicated DVD menu game. Um, And I know that that is a game. Like anything is a game. Just like, you know, if you put a twig through a leaf, that's art because you did something. But... I just can't justify putting it on my list, even though I found it captivating and really effective and cool. Um, so in case people are interested, what it is, is it's a uh, 202 clips that you have to unlock by watching them one at a time and, and cross-referencing the clips to each other, where you slowly unlock a web of basically interconnected clips that ultimately you can just watch in chronological order, um, that give you the story of a tragic career of this actress who's who didn't work out and then died mysteriously. And if you play a bunch of the clips backwards, you start to find out even creepier, like metaphysical, uh, you know, there's a, what do you call it? Uh, not Orwellian, Lovecraftian overtones to it and mystical characters that are actually supernatural. And you piece together a cool sci-fi horror story, basically, about like what happened to this woman. Um, and I did find the jump scares really scary. The acting incredible, especially from the part of the the person who's just called the one, the supernatural being, was incredible. I, I, I'm um, going so to quibble with some of the acting, but go ahead. Oh, oh, but not. I didn't think across the board. Okay, Everyone's all right, acting great. Was good. Okay, uh, by any stretch. But when I realized that ultimately the only game play, so to speak, was clicking on things, and it doesn't matter. I just, I didn't play any of the clips until I had clicked on every, I just clicked, 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 clicked while I listened to music or watched a show (laughs) until I had all 200, like I Googled how many clips are there. And I click, 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 click till I have all 200, then I watch them in order, and then I fully understand what the project was. I could have just watched that at a film festival in order. So I don't think it rises to the level of being a game for me, but it was cool. Well, so the problem <laughs> is, I, I that's an interesting take. That's the problem is that like I think you and I have done enough film editing that this game super doesn't appeal to me. Like it's it's because like it's a really inefficient way to look at film. You know what I mean? Like the like as I was playing, but it, an I'm like, interesting thought experiment because you're looking at uncut dailies right. and rehearsals. That's all I do all, all the time. Yeah. So like I, I and you're doing it through this old school movieola process, 
that you know I get it. It's that's cool. But as a person who's edited you know thousand hours of film at this point. It's like right. it's like I don't want to sit here no, and backtrack through the felt clips. Like looking at the board, and you're like, I don't want to edit all the daily. Like, come on, shit. yeah, you know, like, yeah, I want to get to the bottom of it because that's what editing is. And like, uh, this this is a little bit more like, what if like if you haven't done film editing, you'll probably enjoy it more. I think, like, because you won't yeah, be frustrated I think by that. Might be more interested in yeah. it. Yeah, feel like it's more of a game. Yeah, that was my takeaway. I was like, oh, I think I'm the exact wrong person for this, but. Did the didn't the producer and you think, oh my god, what a brilliant way to save I money thought it and was... get your get interest to your film because sure they sure. did things like the scenes that would have a bunch of expensive effects in them. You're just watching footage of a table read of that scene, and I'm like, oh my god, you you sly bastards! <laughs> like I see what you did there. It definitely know? was made in a way that was very budget conscious and it's Blair Witchy and it's cleverness. It was very smart. Yeah, it was very clever. And I, I think a lot of people will really enjoy it. Honestly. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, yeah. If you've ever worked with film, the fact that it's not in premiere will drive you fucking crazy or avid even, you know, like, uh, yeah. just not being able to scrub through clips, just stuff like that. Uh, but really cool idea. I don't want to take away from it. Just wanted to add to your thoughts there. So I guess I'll name my last honorable mention now, and then you have really more. Get to break. You're just, you're just full of honorable mentions. Well, I like game video games. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> keep going. And turtles and corn. Okay, those are all the memes. <laughs> um, the this would be my number six firmly, like better than all the games I just mentioned. Okay, for me, but our game of the year is a favorite list for us, right? Yes. So hopefully you've gotten to know our styles. If they align with one of us, then you're like, I should check that out. But for me, number six with a bullet, and it's only not higher because of its lack of ambition, but mm-hmm. it's so addictively fun, and is Vampire Survivors. Oh, wow. Which is a game okay. that I saw so many people in my circles and into niche indie video games get into this year. It had kind of a big, low-key moment. But if you look at screenshots, you feel like, I get it. Or like, I don't have to do that. It's so simple. It's just like sprites, and you shoot things at them. And when you find out how simple it is, meaning you auto, it's like an idle game, you auto attack. So all you control is movement. That's all you do. W-A-S-D keys. You just move around the screen. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you can engage with the game. It's so fucking addictive. And I'm like in a primal way that feels like Tetrisy or Pac-Man-y that I'm obsessed (laughs) or like I'm playing it constantly. But it's not higher in terms of the sheer amount of badass fun I'm having. It is off the charts. And I do recommend if you've been on the fence, cause it looks so simplistic, give it a shot for a few hours. Um, I, I imagine that will be short lived that like the addiction will peak. And then I'll be like, I get it. Cause you just do the same thing over and over and over. That's why it's not higher on the list, but boy, is it fun. What a stupid, dumb, fun, good idea with no story where you're just like, shoot a million arrows at these guys. <laughs> it reminds me of Tower Defense. Yep, Remember when I that do. had a moment? Yep. Yeah. It feels like that. Compulsive. It, 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 this game didn't didn't strike for me. Uh, Did you try it, though? I tried it a little bit. Yeah, it just, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't get its hooks into you. Nah. Yeah. I, I also, I, I'm realizing, Thanks. as I say once a year, the art style thing matters more to me than I'd like to admit. Uh, like it, it looks literally like sprites they copy pasted yeah. from Castlevania games. Yeah, yeah. and like so, sometimes I have a hard time getting past that. Uh, <laughs> so that was part of it. There uh, sounds like we're ready to take our first break, and when Oof. we come back, yeah, we'll yeah. get into the Let's list proper. Uh, 
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. Yeah, we are. Woo! Woo! I had to woo a second time <laughs> because that was a lot of good honorable mentions. Yeah. I'm sorry I showed so little restraint and picked a lot of games. Thank you, Adam, for being more... Not a, no, 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 not at all. The uh, one, do the you, responsible one. Do you, do you mm -hmm. ever think about ongoing games, like that they deserve mentioning a game of the year spots? I could see doing a whole episode of the best support we think of. I do think, I honestly, because I'm old, uh -huh. Uh -huh. it still doesn't always hit me right. Like, I don't know. Like, some games that are early released that I hop into, I'm like, this taints... Now I remember, I'd rather wait for full release. Now I remember the feeling of when this game wasn't good and the 
threadbareness it's showing. Mm. Now it kind of taints my, I really want the show to be ready and for the curtain to raise and for the full experience to hit me in the face with all the seams tight and all the paint on, you know. Yeah, the one, but, the one spin through the, the, the course. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah. But I don't have my way, as we know. It's equally valid and becoming more and more common that from inception or from a very early stage to the finished game, two years beyond going gold or shipping, um, the game is growing and growing and they want some portion of humans on earth to be addicted to their game and play it for 20 years. And like there has to be new content to support that or, you know, eight years, 15 years, however long they can ride this pony. And uh, I do think it's we should discuss games that grew the most, where games were yeah. really matters, where they really did the work and grew over years. Yeah, it's. I think it. I think it would be hard for the two of us to do the kind of dialogue about that here that it probably deserves. But I mention it because I feel like if there was ever a year in the last five or six that there was an ongoing game that really improved, believe it or not, I think Destiny improved a lot this year narratively. Oh, dude, and yeah. I mean, they they recently shuttered it, but uh, Destin over at IGN, my old cohort, mm-hmm. uh, he ran a, a podcast where they only covered new new additional things that are happening in the latest patch or update of Destiny. Oh wow! And it and it ran for years. Yeah. Like the Destiny Bungie does, obviously, whether it, whether like Adam, you love it, or like me, it's become a bewildering forest of nonsense you have to admit they're they like their heads down working on destiny it's, all the time and they're definitely trying to support it for sure i just want to be clear for everybody who like i know that i bring up destiny all the time i find <laughs> it, i also find it overwhelming and uh confusing now because i didn't play it unless much this you year. stick with it daily yeah, yeah and i'm not gonna do almost. that uh i'm not gonna do that because i have more things to do than that but i do think that the the way they're delivering story right now and the way they're complexifying their universe is what I think anybody who is in an ongoing game wants out of that game. Um, I think they're delivering the real promise of destiny in terms of story is finally happening. And really, would you say yeah. it's moving away from the Marvel model? Yes. And towards the Star Trek model yeah. uh, <laughs> like where it's some. just sci-fi stories. Okay. Some. That's what I'm looking for. It's, it's, uh, what's happening is that people are no longer sort of stuck in their factions, but like new alliances and like uh, shades of gray where are like existing. The expanse. Yeah. Right there where there can be shifting alliances and adult level political intrigue. And yeah. that's happening now in this Great. world. And that's interesting. Um, I think they're also undoing slowly their decision to like retract some playable places and like being like, you know yeah. what? If call of duty can take up 200 gigs on your hard drive, then fuck it. So will we. Um, so I'm just Here's mentioning all the Mario Kart courses. It, right. it makes your PS5 smoke, but you're welcome. But but now <laughs> you can do anything we've ever yeah. given you to do. So I'm just mentioning it. It didn't make. It wouldn't have made my game of the year list anyway. But I think there's a place for ongoing games, and that's the sure. one that stood out to me this year. So you ready with your number five? We better be. Yeah, yeah we better. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want it to be a two-hour episode. Okay. Uh, but I, it's kind of nice that we padded because I actually find. Or, you know, I only have a bit to say, and then I'm like, go play it. Yeah. So yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll go quick. Yeah. My number five, and huge shout out to, uh, I don't know if it's their real life meet name or their username, but Joanna Blackheart mm-hmm. um, on the Small Beans Discord. If you like our, our chatter and you'd like to engage with us through Typey Types, by the way, um, our pod, our you know proprietary podcasting network, Small Beans, over at patreon.com slash small beans or small beans anywhere you get your podcasts. 
also has a Discord component where we hang out with our audience and our community and chat. And uh, we recently opened that Discord up to anyone. So, um, I mean, I think you have to dig through my Twitter to find the link. But there's a, you know what? I'll put it in the copy for this episode. Um, but if you want to join us over on Discord, you can potentially sway us and change our list at the last second, as Joanna Blackheart did, by recommending Citizen Sleeper. Wow, Citizen really? Citizen Sleeper is my number five pick. It t- took me about eight hours to complete. Um, I completed it in one sitting because I was so, so captivated. I finished it about ten hours ago. And uh, it is, speaking of The Expanse, I would say it's a... I actually wish the writing were a, even more sophisticated and more evolved and more um, complexified. Um, but the writing was good, solid. Like, for my money, uh, it's just a notch below some of the games I consider to have the best writing, like Disco Elysium and Sunless Skies. But, when I, but I'm talking about a special genre of games that I love, that most people don't like, that are like reading a book. There's no character acting, there's no voice acting, and it's primarily text-driven. So it's a wall-of-text game. Um, but it's basically Deep Space Nine the game, and mashed up with Blade Runner. You are a, ro- you are a, a human sentience that's been digitized and put in a decaying robot body, and you have to figure out how to escape this space station uh, before your body completely craps out. And um, while you do, you meet an incredibly compelling cast of characters, and you roll dice to determine, you know, how you get the story meted out to you. But it's basically story and dialogue driven. And the only thing to really unlock is the next beat of whichever character arc you're most interested in at the time. Um, but it's a very stylish presentation, a very unique twist on dice rolling. Um, Citizen Sleeper. And yeah, uh, not like an earth shattering story at the end, which I think is why it's not higher on the list. Um, but if you like The Expanse or Star Trek or Deep Space Nine, it, it felt like, well, they did a little miniature version of that. It's like the Mighty Max version of that. Like, each person's arc is almost a recognizable, like, ah, it's that that kind of Star Trek-y story. I get it. Oh, it's like a Blade Runner riff. Okay. Uh, and it all came together really well for me. Okay. Citizen Sleeper, I loved it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is literally the first time I saw those words. Uh, so, nice. Although I do think the, the, the elements sound fun. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to try that. Okay. Uh, this is, I think if I pick one thing that's going to piss you off, it's this one, Mike. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. Uh, because I'm slightly bending the rules here. But my number five is, uh, it didn't technically come out, come out this year. You warned me. So okay, I'm great, fine, great, great. Oh, I don't know if I warned ahead. you. I didn't know if I warned you. Okay, great. Yeah. So it didn't technically come out this year, but I think it's inextricably bound with this year. And mm-hmm. the, that is Wordle. My number. You think you're so smart. I do not. You're so First of all, New York Times. I don't. I don't <laughs> need the... you to shit on my picks. Yeah, I don't New need Yorker. that. So Wordle was in fact the most impactful game of the year. They did not invent it, by the way. They just bought it. Uh, Wordle was right. invented by a guy, and uh, I mention it because there's so many. <laughs> Dr. Wordle. <laughs> yeah, Mister Matt Wordle. Wordle the turtle. <laughs> I don't know what his name is. Anyway, it came out and it, it, to very little fanfare last year, but then it just really took off this year on the internet, obviously. And I mention it because. It's kind of pieces of it are in almost all the games that you play with RPG elements. Like the, almost the entire game itself exists in Fallout. You know, there's a lot of games that use the pieces that Wordle has together. But I think that uh, it shows the there's something fun about the collective effort 
to connect via a game. Like it's actually a really effective social game more than even a game itself. Like uh, people's ability to sort of like, oh, you got it in three? Ah, oh, yeah, I got it the first time, right? And There's uh, an old board game called Mastermind that does it with colors, which is the first time I encountered this exact form of yeah. encryption game. But it's just Mastermind with letters. But the fact that it's letters and that we all have this shared knowledge mm-hmm. of letters in this order make a word is so much better than colors. And then you add that it's PvP and you compare with everyone in the world. It is brilliant. Like it's exactly. a great idea. It's, it's, yeah. it's brilliant in its simplicity. It's, uh, it's a massive achievement in its shareability. And like I think the New York Times kind of killed the vibe. Uh, so like it's never going to be what it was for about a month uh, on Twitter, basically. But I think that it it is it shows why we like games and the the aspect of gaming that's about competing and uh, having fun with your friends, almost like carnival games used to be when people would like walk around and like you know strength tests and shit like that. It's almost like that. Uh, or like a trivia game or something. Like it has yeah, the same effect. If you're younger, by the way, if you're like younger listening to this, when we were 17, 18, that's all people did constantly. It was carnival games. We would just strength test, strength <laughs> test. That was it. It was like hula hoops, strength test. That's tests, all there was. The milk bottle. Yep. The milk bottle thing. Shooting, that's shooting targets yeah. with a skeet gun. What is this? The 20s? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it's, it's serving the same need. Wait a minute. Your belittling sure. remarks are inappropriate. It's serving the same remark. The same They need. usually are. You know, it's... It, this game is in a long tradition of finding this thing that we're all kind of competing at, but also enjoying together. And I think it's really successful so much so that this guy made a fortune on a thing that couldn't mm-hmm. have taken him that long to do. You know what I mean? Like to program, like what yeah, a lottery true. ticket, you know? Uh, so I think if you're going to commemorate this year in gaming, I think Wordle belongs. Wordle crushed it. Indeed. Um, no, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm just being a, being a real yeah. troll. Just being a prick. That's a five. Uh, that's a yeah, five yeah, yeah. Word, it's a way. great. It's a great fine choice. I think it's uh, very smart. Thank you. Uh, should I go? Uh, should I go fourth since we're serpentining? Is that the idea? Oh sure. Okay, okay. sure. Let's great. do it like that. Okay, wonderful. Uh, my number four uh, <laughs> uh, is Horizon Forbidden West, uh, and okay. the reason it's number four for me is um, that I think it was a little bloated and uh, that bloating kind of diluted the impact of what it did really well. But like even a, even a four-hour return journey to it showed me like, my God, this thing is the most gorgeous-looking game I've ever seen. I think it's still the best-looking game I've ever seen. And uh, what a world, and there's some incredible acting what in it. What a world, I'm melting. <laughs> Why are you so weird today, bro? That's been really weird today. That's that or okay, right in if I'm crazy, people. But I thought iconically, what a world is what the Wicked Witch says when she's melting. She says, What a world? Does she really? That's the only neuron the world's words, what a world, are connected to in my brain. Oh, what a world. Fly out of your head. Thank you. No, so uh, it's a really incredible like landscape and stuff. Like there's an expansion coming out next year, and I'm like, I might replay that whole game because of the expansion. Um, I don't think it has the best story even in the series so far um but i think it has a pretty good story for a video game and like it's still a really great idea uh is it perfectly executed no is it gonna be one of the greatest games of all time i would say no i don't even know if that series will create one of the best games of all time at this point but it's a really creative idea and it's there was a lot of very fun things in this game maybe too many fun things in this game it deserves to be mentioned uh because it was an incredible achievement by a game designer and now Mike's turn. 
Wordle. We're still talking about Wordle, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so if I am being extra, apologies to the <laughs> listener. The first day of my two-week winter break starts right after we wrap here. Oh, fun. So I might, I might be having a manic episode. Okay. Um, my number four is Neon White. Oh, okay. And yeah, I, yeah. the first thing I will say, so I think the art style is awesome. I love how everyone looks. Um, especially the little stupid cat angels and shit, but, um, the story is dumb Mm. and that's, it does bake down to like a love Hina. If anyone's familiar with that anime or like, um, just like dating sim level. What's the drama here? Oh, green, the green Rangers mad at the yellow Ranger. Um, so ultimately the whole story half, it was like Hades, but I actually found myself invested in the storylines in Hades. Uh, because uh, uh, Super Giants writing just meets me more where I'm at. My cup of tea, my lane. You know, it's my podcast, so <laughs> my opinions. <laughs> but, um, but what I want to say about Neon White that really did click for me, um, and I'm sorry I didn't for you, Adam, but I love Sonic games, as listeners will know. Um, I love pinball, and I like going fast, and I think that Sonic, like, uh, when Sonic went from 2D to 3D, was when I switched to being a Mario guy, and I never liked the Mario vibe or lore as much. I find it kind of generic and cutesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Sonic in 3D is just not fun to me. And man, I'm sorry. Did you try a that new one? People, Did you try the new one? A bunch of people probably just flipped out. I will try Frontiers. I haven't. It's, it's okay. But um, he's had a few different phrases. into There was just like Sonic 3D. And then, of course, Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast, which I actually thought was a high point. Sonic Adventure is pretty solid. But it still doesn't capture to me the pinball feeling of going crazy fast and not knowing what's going to happen. And I got to say, I feel like Neon White finally gamifies in three dimensions. Neon White is the 3D Sonic game that I always was hoping for. It feels like the game that Sonic in 3D should have been from the beginning. Um, If people aren't familiar, the plot is you're a dead person in heaven who can win their way back and it's uh, in the anime style and it's like a dating sim and i don't really care about the plot that. is um, really really uh loosely grafted onto the experience funny dumb yeah, yeah. like um, yeah you gotta move on from it's the plot, like, really you just have to a lot yeah. of games are doing this now it's the peanut butter chocolate thing it's yeah. like cult of the lamb where yeah. it's like we took hades but it also has a building a town sim so neon whites is there's a dating sim story thing which I was like, that part's fine. But the gameplay loop is that there's these very, I thought, smartly designed levels that really, they reminded me of the, of the shrines in Breath of the Wild. Each one makes you think differently in an evolving way. So towards the end of the game, you're thinking much more complexly about the space than you were in the early levels. And you do these runs. And the only goal is to get to the end in time and faster and faster and faster. And the exchange of the game is that you pick up guns and the guns are one use only and you can either use them, I'm sorry, like a few uses. So let's say I pick up a rifle. I can either use it four times to fire four rifle shots and sometimes I'll need to do that to clear out enemies or break obstacles. But that rifle is also a traversal move. So for example, I can spend that rifle and discard it to jump, double jump. Or I can expend it to dash forward. And you'll eventually be thinking things like, uh, oh, and then some of the enemies have effects like, so you can bounce off these enemies and you'll need to, or you'll crash and die. So finally, when you're like at an end level of this game and you actually get 
uh, platinum on it, you're thinking things like, okay, I got to do two rifle shots to that guy, jump, dash forward, use the last rifle shot to break that, pick up the shotgun, which is a double jump, which will make me be able to repel to the treasure chest, which will give me enough pistol shots to kill the boss and get to the end in time. And that is so satisfying to me. <laughs> and it takes me back to my early days playing Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a anime. really, really fun game in terms of motion. Like motion and... It's so kinetic and frantic. It's also yeah. one of the first games that I've played in a very long time to make you strategize about platforming. Like, to, like that's a combination of things you wouldn't see maybe ever Where very go, rarely. I got to parkour very efficiently. Yeah, how can to, I... To, to accomplish What do this? I do yeah. to get from here to there? And, you, and then, like, how do I do it fast? Um, so it's awesome. I, I really think... I wish that somebody had, like, uh, about, like, three months before the game came out, just, like, stopped and said, let's reskin what this is. Same game, just totally different plot that actually coheres. Like, I don't know why the cards yeah. are guns and why they're angels. Like, just stuff that's, like, I think actually takes away from how good it is. Um, but that's a Yeah, the trappings. Mark. I was like, all I care is, like, boil this loop down. This is Well, genius. yeah, the loop I, is whatever so framing, good. Whatever framing, I don't care. It's yeah. so <laughs> good that I feel like the, the packaging is absolutely taking away from it. Like, it could have been or a best if you best like anime dating sim stuff which some people do then this is the part like you'll double love this i guess yeah one. yeah i'm sure there's yeah. somebody who this is their thing um my number three and i can go real fast because we're serpentining sure. is horizon forbidden west oh. i won't repeat the stuff adam said um i i don't i gotta say i agree with my partner jen who idly walks by and sees the video games i play and commented on while i was playing this and ragnarok how come The Last of Us 2 is like eight years old, but it's still the best look, looking video game that's ever come out? I agree with that. I think nothing has ever looked as good as I'm playing The Last of Us 2 right now. It still looks better. It's two than years Rack old. And but yeah. To me. Or, well, okay. All right. All right. Fair yeah. enough. But it's older and it's, I still think it's punching above its weight. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at times. Okay. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, but the things I want to say about Horizon, Horizon's a great series. See our episode with Jason Pargin about mm -hmm. it. I, uh, I think it, you know, I love the central concept that they introduced in the first one of knocking shit off other shit. You know what it is. It's the future past, uh, primal, uh, Aloy Huntress killing robot dinosaurs one. It's one of the years triple A's that's like expectable formula, meaning like, you know, it's like the Witcher. It's like, it's the open world one. You go around, you do missions. It, as we discussed in the episode, I thought. A decent but uninventive, fairly uninventive, Marvel-esque, Avengers-esque storyline shapes up. I thought it was handled really competently, but I don't, I'm kind of sick of everything being like the Avengers. Yeah, agreed. Um, I thought the art and especially the costume design is unparalleled. It's awesome. So like, yeah. a bunch of good, a bunch of bad. For my money, probably the best AAA, like super oh, expected traditional open world AAA experience this year. Um, and yet, ultimately, I feel myself forgetting it a little bit. And I'm like, it's kind of becoming Assassin's Creed to me where I'm like, and I'll, pr I'll play the next one. They're always fun. Um, but there's like a ceiling to them or whatever. It's fine. It's my number three. It was good. I bet it took lots and lots and lots of work from a lot of it's, people. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can't praise that part of it enough. It's like, what a triumph That's for a so many people, you know? So I got to say, like, for my money, like, fun per pound, my list might be different. but. Right. 
I'm not going to put Vampire Survivors above Horizon Forbidden West. I'm also doing honor to the level of cooperation yeah. and teamwork that went into the ambitions of the game, right? So. Like, if I could make a movie that, even if it was a bad movie, but it was in this world, like, I would feel like, my right. God, what an accomplishment. Great world. Yeah. Like, if you named Wordle number one, I might be pissed. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> Come this on guy now. doesn't need that exactly. much, you dick sucking. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, serpentine back to you, my friend. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, all right, my number three, uh, and I was very surprised by this, is Pentiment. Uh, I really liked oh, it. Great, I'm glad you enjoyed it that I much. I really yeah. liked it. Now, I'll say this. It, it is, when you say it's a whodunit, it, it is, the trappings of a murder mystery are in this game, but it actually is more of an exploration of a community over a series of generations. Oh. It's super educational about the medieval. Period That's also as well, what's cool about which it, which is yeah boring to me, but fun if you like that kind of. Well, thing. I yeah. think yeah, <laughs> that's true. I mean, it isn't like that wasn't the the sexiest time period in the world, but I do think like it does a nice job of gamifying and like you know NPCifying people's lives from that time period and like the politics of that time period, and I think that. Is really fun and interesting. I really liked Name of the Rose. I didn't love the movie, but I really liked the book. And I've always, I've always oh, wanted to write. In fact, I pitched this to Mike several times: a medieval murder mystery. I love that idea. So this is like right up my alley. It's also by Obsidian. Those of you who are tracking what studio, um, so it's got a little. There's a little bit of fun, like th there's definitely a wink going on in it. You know, like it's there's the, that playful thing that Obsidian has. Like they they have it. Um, the game is in the trappings of medieval art, which means I think some people that's going to like hook you and get you all the way through. And some people it's going to repel you. And if it repels you, I don't know if you'll ever find your way back. I really feel like that's a thing that you have to really like. Um, but what's awesome about it to me, like what made it stick around is for a while you're like frustrated because it doesn't get to the murder mystery quick enough. And then the murder mystery, because there's three of them actually spoilers, there's mm -hmm. three, not just one. Yeah. Uh, the murder mysteries are very tenuous and there it seems to be like no real clear answer ever to any of them. And that's purposeful uh, because, you know, the murder mystery is just sort of a way of you like deciding people's fates in this town and watching how the town gets slowly crushed by these choices and by these circumstances and uh, ultimately sort of like tries to rebel against the abbot that's exploiting them and all this stuff. And the generational piece of it is really affecting, I think. Uh, so then that sounds like, because I quit at midstream, it may actually have evolved into a message I would care I about. I think That sounds so. like I would care about it. I think but so. But I bailed when I thought it was going to be like, oh, it's like Clue in medieval times. It's not I, that. It's I've lost interest. It's, okay, interesting. It actually takes place over, I'm going to say 50 years, 40, 50 years. Um, mm -hmm. So like you'll play somebody who, like you'll play somebody You'll play with somebody who's a, a toddler and they end up being 30 or 40 at the end of the story. And you've seen how their whole right. life has gone um, and how this town has sort of evolved and where they fit into it, largely because of these key events that you are there for. Um, it does end up and it does end up wrapping up in a very murder mystery way um, that is less interesting than the story of the town. But the third act of the game really does sort of get at the themes more directly and in a more fun way. So if you're the kind of person that's like, okay, murder mystery's fine, but I kind of just like being in a world and like getting to know characters, that's what this game really is. Um, it hit me right in the right zone. It's a little murder mystery. It's a little medieval history, a, a period of time that I feel like is completely neglected. 
um, in our education. And it, I thought it was really great. So it's my number three for that reason. Um, shall we do our, should we, should we go to a break now and do our two and one on mm-hmm. the other side? What do you think, Mike? Yep. Let's do okay, it. Okay. See you on the other side. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized and already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's the other side, and we're back, and I see you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I'll do my two, and then you'll do two-one, and I'll finish this up. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. All right, Mike. uh, Mike. I thought a lot about this. I thought a lot about this. Well, top two, you got to think about it. I did. I really believe. Could be torturous. I genuinely believe the second best game I played this year was Sifu. 
Um, I really believe it's Sifu. Wait, why are you saying this with a weird because voice? Because you thought a lot of people, I should think it's lower or higher? I what? think a lot of people... We all know what your number one of is. Of course, so. like, come on. Uh, but a lot of people, <laughs> I think, overlooked this game. Like, I was looking at people... Like, people sort of forgot that it came sure. out after, you know, yeah. a month or two after it came out. Oh, on the official list? Yeah. From, from outlets much bigger than yeah. us? I agree. It's not very And it's, a, it's yeah, like, why? This game is so good. It's like, it's the most fun combat innovation I've seen in a pretty long time. And like, I just played the Callisto Protocol, which, you know, is also trying to innovate in combat. And I would say way less successfully than Sifu. Um, Sifu is a little bit of a dabble in a series of genres, including like some roguelite elements and like, you know, the old sort of kung fu beat-em-ups. But it's, it's so fun. Uh, and it's so challenging and satisfying. And it's well, like the design of it is great. Um, I thought it was just a masterpiece. We kept it uh, in our episode. That's how much we both liked it. Uh, so for those of you who haven't played it or, uh, you know, haven't even heard of it possibly, go back and give it, like, check it out. It's a really hard game. Um, and I think it's rare that a game that hard leaves this good, like, this good of an impression when it's not made by From Software. Um, but I thought it was fucking awesome. I loved it. I've played, I've, it's the only game other than Elden Ring I've gone back to several times this year. Um, because I really enjoyed it. That's my number two. Played Wordle once, and you were. <laughs> that's I right. I, that's right. Wordle I played once. I was like, great game. I number get it. five. Incredible. It's my number five. <laughs> <laughs> I only need to play once. Yeah. Um, speaking of really, really hard games, my number two is Elden Ring. Wow, uh, that's high. I'm surprised. For you. Well, you would think I would have. I would assume you'd guess that I would have mentioned it by now. Mm -hmm. or like it can't. It has to at least be an honorable mm -hmm. mention. But I don't feel like I have to say much. In fact, it almost is forcing me to put it on this list. I don't have that much fun playing Elden Ring mm. as people. It's complicated. Sometimes I do have fun. Sometimes it really upsets me. I don't like the feeling of being frustrated and upset. I, when I finally succeed, it doesn't give me a big endorphin rush. I just get a mild sense of like, thank God. So like I, I keep shitting on it, but I'm like, it's my number two game of the year because... I look around the world and like everyone loves it and I, it it's must really ambitious and it combines the form. And when I'm in the world, I'm like, when I look around, when I play Elden Ring and I look around, I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. That guy looks awesome. I love this, except that I can't play it or beat it or like interact in it with it in a way that's fun to me. But like everything about it's really, really good. It's brilliant that it's open world now instead of like, specifically with the FromSoft formula that works so well. Everything about it's great. Everyone loves it. I'm so happy for them that they're getting that <laughs> yeah, from it. So, um, so that. like that was enough to make me be like, I guess it's my number two. <laughs> wow. Okay. So like, yeah. that's how I feel about some games that I play that I, that you really love. And I'm like, I don't love yeah. it, but I see that it's good. But so much respect. Yeah. For Alvin Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. And my understanding, or like the story doesn't ever congeal to me, but my understanding from people I respect is that it's really good if you dig yeah, into it and fully grok it, I, but I just can't. I, I, I will always maintain my stance on that, which is it may all tie together on the spreadsheet. I'm not disagreeing with that. It might be an There's awesome spreadsheet. There's people who dig in enough. Like, yeah. you could watch an Elden Ring Explained yeah. video that ties it all up yeah. for you, for By sure. By the way, yeah, I watched a 30-minute yeah. video on the story of Bloodborne before that episode, and I was like, what a cool fucking story. Not in the game, really. <laughs> that is not in the game, yeah. but it's cool. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. The Elden Ring story is fucking cool. I've watched that video, you too. You really Donnie Darko'd it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, I didn't experience it, therefore it's not in the game. You know what I mean? Like, that. that's, sure. that's the rule. 
So what's your number one? I'm, I'm like, I have no idea what it's going to be. My number one. I promised myself I'd do it this way. Okay. All right. Oh, I took a vow. I slit my hand and <laughs> like mixed it with the stone. What is, what, what is it? A classic rom-com slow clap. Everybody cheer for Sifu, my number one game of oh, the year 2022. Oh, shit. Really? For sure. That was such a bad bit. It's by an it's by a dev team called Slow Clap. Anyway, oh. <laughs> uh, also because Discord cuts out clapping, Adam didn't even know that I was doing it. I was a like, bit. "What?" Yeah, yeah, I didn't know so what you were doing. It was just confusion. Yeah. Hopefully the audience heard me clapping. But anyway, um all I want to add is I've never even seen the end of this game either, and that's why it's a great contrast for Elden Ring. I'm only on level three of five of Sifu, and I'm still playing it and drilling it. And I dream one day that it will respect me enough that I will proceed to the end of the game. And like, I don't feel frustrated. I'm honored to be engaging with it. I really feel that the name Sifu, which means teacher, is so perfect because I've never felt more, except maybe DDR or Guitar Hero or Rock Band, like I'm literally learning a skill by playing that the game is instructing me on how to get good at it and that I feel that growth. The art style is beautiful. Like for my money in a world where everyone's trying, I mean, Sony mainly is trying to be like, look at their, look at their faces. They're real actors. Their eyebrows can move now. They have emotions. I'm like, Sifu looks better than all this shit to me. Like Sifu yeah. looks better than horizon forbidden West because it's so awesome. Um, these, because, uh, so I could say so much. They paint shadows onto the actual bodies. So it's like, it's technically cell shaded, but it does not feel cell shaded. It feels like a unique look that you haven't experienced before. Okay. All that aside, the dominant form of game in arcades at one point were these games where you just walk to the right and beat people up. The Simpsons, Streets of Rage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We all know these games. Shredder's Revenge. You know, every once in a while, they try to bring it back. And I got to say, when I play stuff like Shredder's Revenge, all it reminds me <laughs> is that games have gotten much better. Like, yeah. it reminds me that yeah, Double yeah. Dragon and Streets of Rage is not that fun to do. There's a reason those games went out of fashion and other genres are better and more interesting than that. Mm -hmm. um, but Sifu, just like I'm really I'm always really amazed when the new thing gives me the old feeling. Right. I talked about it with Neon White and Sonic, but. Sifu's the first time where I'm like, this feels like the first time I ever played Streets of Rage, where I'm like, my God, the power that's in my hands. This feels like really being a Kung Fu master. The fact that it's so stylishly and elegantly told, it's such an archetypal. It reminded me of Ghost of Tsushima in terms of its respect for the storytelling tradition. Like... There's an old boy reference in the camera mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. this game. There's mm -hmm. um, the opening tutorial gives you it foreshadows all the events of the game, but it also represents the character's inner mind at that moment. And it's a montage of them training and growing up to the point where you're going to control them. And it's the credits of the game. And it's all red, like Enter the Dragon. Like everything about this game delights me. Um, you play the same levels over and over, and I swear to God, I could, I could play that opening level in the slums um, 5,000 times. I never get tired of it's it. So it's so fun. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I love it. Like, Sifu... And, and I don't know why it doesn't frustrate me, and Elden Ring does, but it just doesn't. Maybe because you're do getting it better at it. Maybe because it it's yeah. easier to get better at Sifu. Uh, Sifu is... The, I mean, also gives you that tactile, kinetic 
snappy reward that a great game it's gives you. So crisp. Yes. Yeah. Like it's like it's the thing I like about Metal Gear Solid Five. Metal Gear Solid Five feels so crisp. You know, like it's like bam, like this guy does exactly the thing you want him to do and he does it fast and it rules. Uh Sifu, that's like the primary experience of the game. You know And the little choices, like the instant the killing blow at the end of a run hit touches your head, it cuts to black. Yep. The yep. end. Like I love yep. that. Like you've lost consciousness. The end. I love the way so the cool. guy holds the fucking bat, which you get in the third level and just go to yes. town on dudes in suits. And it's like, yeah, dude, this is a game. I'm fucking into this. And I and and like the all the paint play in the museum yep. level, all yep. the different things they do in the museum level. Like this game, I did. Actually, I take back what I said about Eldering because I said it never happens. This is a game that had me standing up. Like when I beat the boss of the second level, who I know you that also hate. That son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I stood up and went, ah! It's great, right? Like fucking Walter White just <laughs> blowing up, blew up Tuco with some meth or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so good, man. Yeah, this game is. It, the other thing is, like, as you said, the genre is basically dead. And now I would not be surprised if, like, a bunch of fighting this games could come revitalize back. the genre. Yeah, and sure. I hope it does because yeah. it's like actually it is a fun genre. And they've been honing. It is their formula. Like, yeah. see their previous yeah, yeah, game, yeah. Absolver. They've been working towards this for a few games, and you got it, guys. It's perfected now. Yeah, you they're definitely it. doing it. This could be your FromSoft formula. Like, you could ride this for a long time. I'll buy every game. I will buy every one of them. All right. Uh, the time has come to journey to foregone conclusionville, <laughs> where I give our number one game Probably of the Probably the last time this game will come out. Oh, yeah. I'll never podcast. talk about it again. <laughs> uh, never talk about it again. Look, so uh, Elden Ring is one of my favorite games I've ever played, ever. Like, it, I think you could make a case it's a top ten game ever made. That it's carrying the year for you. Yeah. Like, it is a notable year just because it's it, the year it of It makes Elden the Ring. whole year good because that game came out. Um, like, I love it. I love it. And I didn't even like From Software games about 18 months ago. Um, so, fortunately for me, I got into them right around the time we decided. And now you like them all, right? Yeah. Not just the yeah. open world. You like the linear I one. do. I yeah. replayed Dark Souls 3 this year to see, like, do I still like it? I do still like it. But Elden Ring is so clearly better than any of these other games to me. It's very clear. Um, I, I, most of you who've listened to this or listen to this podcast have probably played Elden Ring. So I don't need to go on and on and on about it. If you haven't played Elden Ring, if it's not the kind of game you would play, let me tell you what it is about it that's so great uh, that I think might actually get you invested in it. It's the rings. They're very They're old. so They're good. Elden. They're beautiful <laughs> rings. No, so it, it the most people who've played a From Software game and quit and didn't play this game probably think, well, it's going to punch you in the face all the time. And yes, it is going to do that. But this is the team who made <laughs> that game. But it makes game. you tough. You need it. You're soft. That's Get right. You <laughs> soften up. We're going to teach it hard <laughs> like a board. Now, so the, the thing that is great about this is basically it's accessibility. Like you are able to navigate problems with different bosses uh, in different areas of the world, kind of with about, I don't know, 10 times more tools than any other FromSoft game before. There's tons of ways to be good at this game. It's not just you got to be great. Love torrent. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be great at just the hack and slash stuff. You can use magic. You can use arrows. You can use throwables. You can use. So there's like uh, there's dragon spells. There's just so many ways to attack a problem that makes the game a lot more uh, accessible. And uh, I think just being in the world itself is a fun experience independent of the combat. 
Like I think ro- rolling around like you just described and seeing the art di- direction in this game is like uh is like emotional almost. Like going oh, into like I said, uh the main one of the major parts of the frustration is I love art and I think this is highly worthy art. 100%. Obviously, like I'm not the first to say this. I roll around the world almost it feels like mean or it feels like I'm not invited to the party. I roll around the world going like, like I finally get to meet a boss and it's like a floating Sphinx zombie thing. And I'm like, that thing's so fucking cool. I wish the game would allow me to see the other cool thing. I know. That I'll never see. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and like, if that's, cause I really think it looks big. Awesome. It looks baller. Well, I'll tell you this. Like if this, if, if from soft were a kid and I, and this was like the bulk of my childhood, if FromSoft were a kid at recess sketching in their notebook, I would be like, "We, ha- I have to be friends with that kid. Look how fucking cool their imagination is. It, it does <laughs> feel like, holy shit, I got a seat. Like, I need to look at this. Like, it does draw yeah. you in. I, I, Like, I love this game so much, Mike. I will set aside any game to play it with you so that you can get to see the pieces of it. I promise you, I will make time to get you through this game if that's mm-hmm. something you want to do. To backpack me. I love shit. it yeah. that much. Like I got, I got a Twitch end of the year wrap up this year, by the way. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but you, yeah. you know, I was in the top 1% of streamers of Elden Ring. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how much I, I love Of time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would, um, I would put play it on easy or cinematic mode if such a thing existed to see the rest of it. For sure. I really would. So all I can say is like, it's still a from software game guys. So like if you hate that and you can't get on board with it, those spectral ghostly boatmen, like those things are are objectively really cool. They're just all red. And like to defend a thing that I, I, I know I've said, I don't think there's story in the game. There isn't, but the lore that supports some of the (laughs) things that are in the game is really cool. If you're one of those people that wants to look into it. I don't know, but you, know. you often we argue, we quibble about, and I yield because I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a basic story, but it's a story. You say like, you know, Link has a story. Then Elden Ring surely has a story. It, it, I would say it doesn't have a story on the level of you can't play the game without stopping and stop it, like and like doing something else that's not playing the game to get the story. You know, whereas again, Zelda like reading Reddit yeah. or something. reading Reddit yeah. or like pre- like reading item descriptions and like trying to piece things together, like and keeping notes and shit. Like it's just not that's not a story experience on the level of like I get emotional impact from that. That's it. Mm-hmm. But the things that are there, like if you want to do that research, are very cool. They really are very cool. Um, so you should check that out. Uh, yeah, I mean. You should see our Elden Ring episode. We waxed very poetic about it, and I could go on for hours and hours. But I'll say, like, not since Breath of the Wild have I played a game that I loved this much. Um, and if you have, or I think on that episode, I, I was even more negative. And just for the record, in between, I've had phases where I'm like, okay, I think I'm getting this. And I have a lot of fun for like eight hours. And then I lose it again. And it, it, it comes and goes. I literally would be, <laughs> I would literally be streaming it again right now. If it, I'm streaming if it, it wouldn't now, piss yeah. off my, uh, the people who come to my stream. Like if it did, if it wouldn't piss them off for having to watch it again, I would play it again. That's how much I right. fucking loved it. Uh, so yeah, best game. Uh, I thought it was a great game. <laughs> I somewhere in my top 10 games. It's definitely in there. Give it a shot. If you haven't played it. Well, our ones and twos were just a dosy dough. I I like being unique, so I I liked last year where I had a game. My number one was a game you never ever heard of. But you know, I gotta be honest. 
I really do think Sifu and Elden Ring were both tremendous accomplishments. I just was um, for, I, and and it's so that's interesting. It's a year of hard ass games, like being yeah. the cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, and I do. I will think. I will say that is a theme for me. Is I'm kind of. I, I am interested in new explorations of arcade style gameplay or actual real punishments rather than an open world that just slowly breaks and crumbles before you inevitably as you proceed. Uh, it's interesting to experiment with both. Both. I like both are interesting. You I'm know? just Let's like thrilled that mix it you love. I, I, I know we kept Sifu. I'm just thrilled that it stuck with you. Like that, that, that makes me happy because I love that game. Mainly because of this show, I'm a dropper. I drop games, delete them and never play them again for the rest of my life. That's my most common exchange. I know a game's really made an impact if I go back. Like I played Fallout 4 a couple times, but now it's at the point where I don't think I will ever play it again. It feels uh, rough. It's hard to play it um, though. Yeah. Dude, I've deleted and reinstalled Sifu five or six times this year because I keep deleting it because I have other stuff to do. And then I go... I really want to play Sifu tonight, though. Like, I'll just play one level of Sifu. It, it, it's that fun and satisfying. Yeah. Man, it's a great game. Uh, yeah. What a fun year. We got to talk through all the big releases this year, you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, those of you who are like, but there's a bunch of games that I like you didn't play. We're sorry. We are limited by, our, uh, by being just two guys and having the amount of time that we have. But uh, mm-hmm. we, will, I, we are committed to trying all the big releases. And to uh, trying to all the genres that are not our favorite oh, to trying those and too. smalls, dude, and smalls, correct. I played. F- I, I I mentioned immortality, vampire survivors, and citizen sleeper. I'm all about the. Small. I would argue those are big releases in the sense that they made a citizen splash. sleeper. No, nah, that one I haven't heard of. That's right. Yeah. Boom. All right. Points That's on right. the board. Points for I you. Like obscurity <laughs> points, as people know. Yeah. He's got a running total that he carries around. Esoteric points. That's right. Uh. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more podcasts uh, that Mike and I do, because we do more, uh, scoot on over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash smallbeans, where you can hear podcasts about movies, about uh, the, the art of directing, about uh, the multiverse as a, as a cinematic concept, about uh, the concept of depression, dinosaurs, uh, we used to have a news podcast even. We do it all over at Small Beans. We'd love to have you. If you like it, feel free to throw us a buck or two. We'd really appreciate it. Join the Discord Mike mentioned earlier and be part of the culture that created Citizen Sleeper, number five game of the year for Michael Swain. Anything to add, my dude? Um, no, that's right. The Small Beans community came together and created Citizen Sleeper. You're welcome. <laughs> they created the recommendation. No, that's it. Well said. Um, but yeah, I will. I'm saying it a third time to remind myself who will edit this episode and the audience that if you actually dig into the show notes or the copy or whatever, the uh, description of the episode, you'll find an invite to our Discord. Uh, and that's absolutely free if you want to just come and lurk and see what we're all about. And then maybe someday you'll be interested in the other podcasts. Um, we'd love to have you. We watch movies uh, every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Starting the week off right with a with now an I'm art done. film. Yeah, that's right. All right, guys. See you next Stay year. Say video games. <laughs> Work complete.
16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take The Dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.